0: Latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and
1: Mo
2: Welcome to Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. Of course, it is a monumentous day. Things uh, are uh, going crazy, and so we appreciate you being with us here on Silver and Black today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. And we are here to talk about what? I mean, Mo, there's not been anything going on today, right? Uh, a couple of firings, a couple of comings, a couple of goings. And you were with Scott Cobranson and Mo Moten. Mo's the national senior writer covering the NFL at Bleacher Report. You can catch him on Bleacher Report Live, which he does about the Raiders. He also is the Raiders columnist where I work at sportsnot.com. And you can follow him on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. He've been very active today. Follow me at L V Gully. <laughs> Excuse me, Mo. I did an earlier show uh, this morning. Just got choked
1: to up over the news. I'm choked, choked up because up, yeah, of the news.
2: Okay. I, I miss the um, lots of you know things. All you that know, scoring.
1: You're gonna miss you, all that scoring, aren't you? And the field goals, know,
2: the press conferences. You know, and you know. <laughs> Come on, Scott. Sorry. Okay, I'm back. So no, yeah. So we we haven't had a chance to talk to you, Mo, since this morning because you were busy and things were going crazy for everybody in every kind of way. But uh, the surprise here is not the firing of Josh McDaniels or Dave Ziegler, frankly, because we've been talking about that for a week or two as well. But uh, the timing, maybe I I really believed in in, in my heart of hearts that this would happen after the Giants game, Uh, win or lose, perhaps, especially if the offense continued to sputter. But give me your reaction. You were not surprised. I was not surprised. The national media was like, oh, my gosh, they did this. I don't know why they were surprised, but the son channels the father, gets angry, and fires the coach, this time with a lot of good reason. But walk me through your initial thoughts when you uh, uh, got that notification come across your phone in the middle of the night.
1: So story time, story time with Midtown <laughs> Mo here. It's, it's past 1 a.m. Eastern time zone already, and my phone just starts lighting up, and I'm thinking, okay... You know, some NBA player just scored fifty points or something like that. So I'm like, I, I first I kind of just glance <laughs> and just say, go back to what I was doing because I'm writing my betting column. But my phone just keeps flashing, keeps flashing. I'm like, okay, what's going on? I, I look at my phone, and I'm thinking they find he finally did it. Mark Davis finally did it because what I what have I been saying for the past I don't know three four weeks? What more do we need to see? Yes. Right. And that question was a rhetorical question for Mark Davis. What more do you need to see to know that? Josh McDaniels is not that guy. What surprised me is a lot of people are willing to give Dave Ziegler a pass. because a lot of people have asked, Mo, if the Raiders fire Josh McDaniels, does Dave Ziegler go with him? And I, and I've always answered yes. Not because mm-hmm. they just, not because they came in as a package deal, but because if you look at his two draft classes and we've said this on the show, what player out of those two draft classes, are you thinking that guy is going to be special? The best thing that came out of the 2022 draft class is Dylan Parham is an average uh, baseline level guard, right, right, and then this year's class. It looks like Michael Mayer could be a, a starting tight end on this level, but Josh McDaniels hasn't been featuring him in the offense. Same thing with Trey Tucker. He can take the top of a defense, but you have a quarterback who can't throw accurately down, twenty yards down the field. So between the the inept offense, the rookies, and from the previous two years not contributing very much, it's no surprise to me that Dave Ziegler was let go. And I said it on, on the X that Dave Ziegler deserves some criticism for, for this. Now, Josh McDaniels is the main person here because he's not using a lot of the players that, or well, some of the players that Dave Ziegler drafted. Mm-hmm. But again, not much production out of, out of the rookie class. That's on, the, that's on your GM because as I explained to someone, your head coach has usually a short term plan for the team. What are we going to do day to day, week to week? The general manager's job is to set a long-term vision and direction. And I've, we've had callers and emailers tell us they don't even know what the direction this team is. And we agree.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it's, it's one of those deals where, and I've been saying this all day and I want to get, I want to get your point of view. Um, they came in as a package. They leave as a package. I wonder though, if Mark Davis did in fact fire them both at the same time, or if he said, Hey, um, Dave needs you to fire Josh. We're going to get rid of Josh. And then Ziegler said, not nah, if he's goes, I goes, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm just, it's complete conjecture. I'm just guessing. But I, I was surprised by the Ziegler portion of it as my dog is about to knock over my light here. Excuse me. Uh, it was about <laughs> to hit me in the head. Um, but, but, you know, I, I don't know what happened, and, and I don't know that Mark Davis will ever tell us. But you're absolutely right. The team was was crap on the field from an offensive standpoint. And here's an offensive genius, a guy who ran offenses. Mark Davis, in his heart of hearts, was trying to do the right thing, hires a guy from the most successful organization in the NFL over the last 25 years, okay? So so he does that, but again, the guy shows that he's pretty much a fraud because he couldn't do it. He couldn't run the team. And I don't know if you saw the interview uh, on FanDuel TV this afternoon with uh, Rob Gronkowski, who talked about um, um, why he didn't feel maybe McDaniels is successful, that he knows his football, he's really bright, but that he has trouble relating to people, okay? So how do you lead men into battle whether it's football or otherwise if you can't relate to people and i think this is what we saw we saw for all that we can talk about Derek carr all that jazz from last year you know maybe there there was not a connection there then there was not a connection with darren waller then there was not a connection with hunter renfro it became clear mo that this guy's personality is just not a fit to do the role of a head coach and again he didn't last as many games in vegas as he did in denver It was a complete repeat of Denver. So all of you who wanted, didn't want this to happen from the beginning, who said, this guy stinks, and it wasn't just that, you were right. You were absolutely correct. Those of us that said, oh, give the guy a chance, all that, we were wrong. That's the way it goes. We were wrong. We thought, hey, first press conference, remember Mo? They asked him about that. Well, I've matured, I've changed, I learned from that. He didn't. And here we are today. (laughs)
1: I don't think there's anything wrong with second chances, right? So we know that he failed over a decade ago in Denver. And you talk about that introductory press conference, and he said he learned from his mistakes. He talked about relationships directly. He mentioned that almost verbatim. It's about, you know, building relationships in the building. And then you see reports about him having a fractured relationship with Hunter Renfro. That came out from Jordan Schultz, who's, over at Bleach Report, the, the new mm-hmm. NFL insider over there, fractured relationship with Hunter Ruffer, Hunter Ruffer is not getting snaps on the field. If you read, I believe it was Vic Tafer of The Athletic wrote about how Darren Waller's wedding situation, about how <laughs> Josh McDaniels kind of leaked it to the media, and then there was some issues about him you know, putting it out there, and then the Las Vegas Review Journal writing about it, or putting out the announcement that he was having a wedding, and Darren Waller didn't really like that. Read Vic Taffer's piece if you, if you want to catch up on that. So there's fracture relationship there as well, too.
2: Yeah, I was going to say go ahead, v- Vic's piece, the one you're talking about, where he kind of goes through the reasoning of why it happened the way it did, was enlightening. And, and for those of you, because I've seen some people who are like, oh, see, the beat writers didn't ask these questions. A lot of times, and Mo and I can speak to this, we don't do the breaking news. We don't do the jobs that those guys do covering the Raiders. Okay, It's a different animal. But Mo and I both have people that we talk to with inside information, right? We don't report on it a lot because it's one source a lot. And sometimes we'll talk about it and we'll work it into our show. But but we also need to protect those people. They give us insight. They give us direction. And Vic talked about that in his story today because he talked about the biggest leaks in the building were Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. So now that they're gone, he can kind of be like, "Well, okay, I'm going to tell you." Now I don't know who they talked to. He also joked that they considered him too negative, so Dave Ziegler wouldn't talk to him, um, which that. tells you a lot. Again, and and we we mentioned that about about the Belichick influence, right? Which is it's it's you don't you don't
1: talk to the media. Did you did you catch what Vic wrote about how they? Want players to kind of stay not kind of but stay away from the media. there he yes. said daily warnings about the media, correct. So there was there were, I guess, employees of the Raiders monitoring players' social media accounts. Yes. So I can imagine what that building was going through when Chandler Jones was posting all the all the things that he was saying.
2: right. And for those of you who got angry when they turned off the comments after the Chicago game, Maybe you have some insight now. Maybe because they're watching and they, they know other things. We don't know. But I do know this. I do know that, yeah, that paints a picture. And I've, I've been in a couple of workplaces, Mo, where you had paranoid leaders. Paranoid leaders, because usually paranoid leaders <clears throat> are weak leaders. So for them to, to, to maintain control, they clamp down. Right. It, it's it's a hallmark. I mean, you look at dictators, too. If you want to study history, it's the same thing. Right. They're so impotent that they 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 have to force people into these things. But meanwhile, they're both leaking stuff to the media, which we all knew they were doing because you could tell it was going to NFL Network to these guys. Right. It was being fed there. Uh, and some of these stories about, well, they were the one I love this year. I got to just a, a bit, quick, a quick aside was that they tried to move up to get C.J. Stroud. It was all B.S. Come on. That was from after CJ Stroud has this great start. Then suddenly one of those guys was leaking. out. Oh, yeah, we were up on him. We almost had him, but uh, yeah, no, not so much. But anyway, so you get some insight there inside of baseball, <laughs> but uh, it's fascinating to talk about it now. Cause these guys will talk about it more freely. Cause they're gone, but the the, the it was the right choice by Mark Davis. And I want to wait until the second segment to dive deep on Mark Davis. I wrote a piece on him today with, with an idea uh, about what he should do, but Overall, you know, we heard, too, from a lot of people this week, last week, that, nah, he hasn't lost the locker room. You know what? I credit the team and the mature leaders on that team, like Devontae Adams, who, back to the summer and at the beginning of the season, was sending signals that it was already lost. We didn't see it, per se, but it was already lost because those guys were speaking out and they were doing it in code and... um uh, it, it goes to show you that the fracture that, that brought about this meeting that had no impact on the game on Monday really was probably the final straw, as was the offensive performance of this team on Monday night against the Lions.
1: To me, it all started in the offseason when Devontae Adams had that sit-down with Marin Fader. Shout-out to her. Yeah. Um. He basically, I don't want to say criticized the front office, but Remember the quote was he doesn't see eye to eye with the front office and he was actually had he actually actually had concerns about how is a quarterback gonna get me the football the way I want to get the football downfield. And I think he kind of said it without saying it about is Jimmy Garoppolo's arm good enough to get me, you know, those those 25, <laughs> 30 yard passes downfield? Now he didn't mention Jimmy Garoppolo or criticize Jimmy Garoppolo directly, right. but if you read between the lines, you can see that he had concerns about the quarterback position in the passing game. And a lot of people wanted to kind of downplay a little bit, but Devontae Adams, as we know, very comment with his very candid with his comments. He has been since he's been a raider. He has he was when he was with the Green Bay Packers. I'm sure Packers fans will agree with me on that one. But he he kind of voiced his concerns in the offseason. And then when you if you remember Josh Jacobs when he was going through his bump with contract uh negotiations with the team he had one post that said bad business or he said something about bad business yes. and I, and of course yeah. it was very indirect it wasn't connected to the raiders but you wonder he's in the contract negotiation period and he says bad business you put two and two together and you think oh he's talking about the raiders
2: yes yes and i think there was a lot of that like i said there was a lot of code spoken and listen i'm not I, when i'm wrong i'll admit it and and i think too a lot of the Things that I said coming out of the offseason when Devontae Adams' comments were were in context, but then also used out of context, um we we were wrong about that. I mean, it's just, or those of us who believe that, we were wrong about it because I think he was sending signals. And Jimmy Garoppa, the other thing that Vic's piece and it was so well done, I thought, and if you don't get the athletic, I'm sorry, but it's it's worth the read. Um, is how he laid out the the Garoppolo signing and how every, listen, every step of the way, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels were a little bit like the kids with a new toy and they didn't quite know how to use it. And even the quote Mark Davis that he put in there, right, where Mark Davis was like, well, he's young and he's inexperienced, he needs to learn, blah, 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 blah. That type of stuff uh, happened... And you look at it, and you look at the contracts, and we'll get into the contracts in a minute. We had some requests for us people to look into those contracts. But it just seems like these guys, Mark Davis put his trust in them. Uh, it's, it's like the proverbial person comes in, Mo, with a great resume on paper, and then they get in the building,
1: and they're like, whoa. Look good on paper, but it's not looking good here. We'll get into the contracts, but I, I think we, we touched on this. And I and I wrote a piece on on SportsNot talking about how the Raiders botched the Hunter Renfro deal. Yes, you did. We talked about how they botched Der- the Derek Carr deal, giving him a no-trade clause and allowing him to leave without getting any draft capital for him. We talked about Darren Waller and how we wouldn't have paid Darren Waller, but they paid him, but then let him go, traded him for less than what <laughs> they could have got when they when they kept the status quo in the previous year. So they could have got a second-round pick for Darren Waller from the Green Bay Packers. They kept the status quo. I guess they had a fallout with the, with the whole wedding situation, and they traded him for a third-round pick. So between Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs had his hiccups with them, but he got his modified franchise tag deal. And Darren Waller, like, you're looking at the front office and saying, holy cow, they're, they, they're a step behind. I said this on my Bleach Report Live that it seems like the Rays were just operating not just a step behind, but – you know, five steps behind other teams when it comes to contract signings.
2: Yeah, and we saw in Los Angeles when the Raiders played the Chargers, of course, the now infamous, two infamous videos, the one where Mark Davis is apparently calling somebody an a-hole. It appears that that was accurate now. Um, And that's okay. Then he said the smarten up thing, uh, which might have been his own way of saying smarten up. I I know what's going on. Um, Mm -hmm. But what was interesting, too, was the reports that came out today that after – the 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 win the last win against the patriots that mark davis was a man on fire walking around the raiders facility ornery pissed off and he wanted a pound of flesh so so clearly this has been big and and you and i called on hey mark davis we got to hear from you and it's interesting because he's like mount vesuvius it's quiet, 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 and then just blows the top, right? <laughs> and, and that's what happened. That's why I was so, that's the only reason I was surprised at the timing was just because we hadn't heard, usually you hear a little bit of, well, yeah, I'm not happy with the way things are going. And then it progresses and then gone, right? This was just boom.
1: Scott, I before I got on with you about, I would say a half hour before I got on live, I said, don't get it twisted. Mark Davis is Al Davis's son. And if you read, we talked (laughs) about Vic Taffer's piece. If you read Albert Breer's piece, you'll get the skinny on how it kind of boiled to the surface at Raiders headquarters. He was upset after the Green Bay Packers win. Mm -hmm. After the Raiders beat the Green Bay Packers on that walk-off interception from Amik Robertson, he went into (laughs) Raiders headquarters and he was, and uh, Albert Breer uses these words. He says, volatile and angry after a win. So the, the frustration that Devontae Adams showed after a win, a lot of people said Devontae Adams should be should shut up and play ball because they the football <laughs> game. Mark <laughs> Davis wasn't happy either <laughs> after right. a win because right. he could see the train rolling in the wrong direction. And again, he had if you read that Albert Brewer piece, you would understand he had that Raiders headquarters on eggshells. And, and not
2: win. only that, but but he did have a post game meeting as well. Yes. Uh, That we never, no one heard of. So, I mean, the Raiders and the paranoia around the media clearly worked because nobody heard about it. Previously under John Gruden, news of meetings with Mark Davis after games in the locker room leaked out very quickly, right during... The post-game uh, festivities, if you will. So so, so I get that. And you're right. He was not happy. Um, all right. We're going to take a quick break here for our audio audience, our YouTube audience. Stay right where you are. We'll be back in just a few seconds. This is Mo and Scott. This is our special edition of the podcast uh, live on a Wednesday or if you're listening to us on Thursday morning as usual, talking about the firing of Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, and also Nick Lombardi, by the way. We'll talk about that in a few minutes as uh, there are lots of changes going on with the Raiders. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. All right, here we are back, silver and black today in Odyssey Original Podcast. Do us a favor, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your audio. If you're watching us on the YouTubes, thank you very much. And make sure you subscribe and hit the notifications bell. Uh, and, uh, make sure that you, when you do that, you scream at the loudest point of your voice, me Mo. Okay. And he'll hear you. Maybe he'll send you a t-shirt. All right. I am Scott Branson. I am with my partner in crime here. He is Mo Moten, national NFL writer, senior NFL writer. I say national all the time. I should say senior NFL writer at Bleacher Park. Get it right. And also a Raiders columnist on sportsnot.com. Uh, Mo, we talked about. They also relieved Nick Lombardi of his duties. Uh, don't know. Usually that doesn't happen because he wasn't a true offensive coordinator in the sense of the word because Josh McDaniels pretty much called the offense on a game by game basis. But who knows? Uh, the closeness there between the Lombardi family and the Belichick's and the whole New England thing. Maybe that was maybe that was part of it. Not sure. Uh, but of course uh, they 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 part ways with him as well. There's also some. Uh, there was a, a a parting of ways with their COO and executive vice president, which I seem to be the only one who cared. I reported it. I got that from inside the building, but it goes to show you there's a lot of changes going on and, and that's worrisome and on one level, Mr. Moten, but at the same time, um, like you said, you don't continue to make the same mistakes over and over again. If you recognize you've made an error like the guy we're talking about in the front office, he was there three months (laughs) and they fired him this week. So, um, I've always learned that you're slow to hire, quick to fire. That's what I've always been told in the corporate world when I had to hire teams of people. So when you look at this, um, might we have dysfunction in different parts of the business too, that it's not, I mean, obviously the business side of the Raiders are doing well, but the football side, there's clearly things were not working from head to toe.
1: I can't speak on the front office firings, but I will say that the Mick Lombardi firing makes sense because if you're trying to divorce yourself from the Patriot way, mm-hmm. it would make sense to let go of Mick Lombardi, who was under Josh McDaniels. Because then again, if Josh McDaniels' offense was ineffective, how do we know that Mick Lombardi is not going to just run? similar the or th- there's the same offense yeah. system yeah. so you have to just kind of i don't want to say start fresh because they elevated uh bo hardigree who was the quarterback's coach he's a former assistant of adam Gase, mm-hmm. who's a former who was the former new york jets uh head coach who the jets wanted to run out of town pretty quickly but they're giving Bo Hardegree a shot to call the plays, is my guess, since they elevated him to offensive coordinator, and he'll have a shot to show what he could do. Um, he could be one of the bright young minds coming up in the NFL, who knows? But it's clear to me that Mark Davis is completely done with the Patriot Way at the 20 something odd games.
2: Yeah, and and the other news, and you know, we didn't cover it at the top of the show that goes along with this, and we'll get into the coaching situation, interim coach, of course, Antonio Pierce in just a minute. But uh, they've already basically said Aiden O'Connell's starting. So they're going to Aiden O'Connell and Jimmy Garoppolo. And just think about 2024. He may be on the street for a $28 million backup. So thank you, Dave Ziegler, for that gift as you leave. That's your parting gift to the Raiders. So you look at that. And, and I want to touch on that because I had somebody reach out to us on X.com and say, hey, would you talk about these contracts? And you covered a lot of them already. When you look at the ones that are gone now, the players are gone, but you're still paying Chandler Jones. I don't know what kind of recourse they have there because of his issues. And now with McDaniel's gone, do they try to work it out with him? Is he healthy? Is he mentally stable? Does he come back into the picture? I mean, they're paying him. Who knows? Maybe Maybe there's a way to do it. I doubt it just because of how crazy he was. And, of course, he spoke out against the owner as well. But you have that contract. You have the Hunter Renfro who they can – Obviously, move on from next year, they still got to pay him, I think, what, $10 bucks out the door? Um, But but you have these contracts there, and the Jimmy Garoppolo contract now looms very large over the future of this team as they try to piece it together, which is why I think they go out and they're going to get a coach uh, who's going to bring in a system, and you're going to take—I mean, I know Raider fans don't want to hear it because they're excited tonight because he's gone— but I, I think this this is just, it, it's a big reset button, Mo. Um, and I don't mean that they can't be competitive. I'm not saying they're going to get worse. But I do think that with the limitations they may have, uh, it might take a little bit longer than fans want.
1: So two two things I want to make clear here. Notice as soon as Josh McDaniels is out of the building, the first thing they did was elevate Aiden O'Connell to the starting <laughs> position. What does that tell you? It was Josh McDaniels who was, I want to say, holding Aiden O'Connell back, but not allowing the kid to get a, a you know, a start from the beginning of the game, not coming in when you're down by three scores in the fourth quarter at a garbage time. But it was basically Joshua Daniels who, who made the mistake. And if you, if you remember me referencing the Albert Breer piece, yeah. now Joshua Daniels had a decision to make once Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt. Was it going to be Aiden O'Connell or Brian Hoyer? It seems to me, if you read that piece, that the Brian Hoyer decision didn't go over well with the locker room. I'll just say that. All right. The other thing I want to point out is with Jimmy Garoppolo's contracts, I know a lot of people are worried about this because they're paying him bridge quarterback money. Albert Breer pointed this out on the X earlier today that while the Raiders are gonna have are gonna pay him that eleven point two five million this year, guaranteed, next year that eleven point two five million is only guaranteed for injury, only guaranteed for injury. So if he's on the if he's on the roster after the third day of the league year, then it locks in as a full guarantee, but they can release him before that. So the best plan of action at quarterback right now for the Raiders is to just start A O'Connell for the rest of the way because you don't want Jimmy G getting hurt and be, and be on the hook for that $11.25 million guaranteed next year. So it makes sense that we're not going to see Jimmy G for the rest of the season. So all you Jimmy G lovers out there, groupies, whatever you want to call yourselves, <laughs> he's done in Las Vegas as far mm. as I'm concerned, right? I, I think his, his time is it because there, there's no way you bring Jimmy G back with the way he's played. And because he's gotten hurt multiple times this year, you don't want to risk putting him out in the field and being on the hook for 11.25 million in 2024.
2: All right, professor Moten, thank you for clearing that all up. Um, But it's true. And listen, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't deserve to play. This isn't just a, Hey, you don't like Garoppolo. You want to see the kid. This is, he showed, he showed nothing. Uh, And, and he appears to be washed.
1: Just simple. He leads the league in interceptions and he missed two games. Two and a half what, games. What, what? What is there to say? He yeah. he has about 150 fewer passes than the than the guys who have eight interceptions and leads the league mm-hmm. in turnovers through the air. You, I mean, you, maybe he'll look better under another offensive coordinator, but it's just it doesn't it doesn't pay for the Rays to put him out there and risk him getting hurt right now. Do you do you do you release him? No, you don't release him because at this point you're you're paying him already for this year. Right, so there is a benefit to just having Jimmy G in the locker room. Maybe emergency. he can help emergency if Aiden O'Connell gets hurt, if Brian Hoyer is, is not available or gets hurt, then you have to start a you have to start a quarterback, right? Unless you have someone on the roster who has some quarterback background play the position. I believe Jacoby Myers maybe it may have been a high school or something he might, be a might be better choice. Maybe a better choice. <laughs> I don't know about that <laughs> lateral he had in New England with the yeah. Patriots, but we may yeah. not want to revisit that. No, but. I, by all costs, you don't want you don't want Jimmy G seeing the field. I would even say pick up a quarterback off the scrap people. I'd rather see Carson Wentz on the field than risk Jimmy G getting out there and getting hurt, and then you have to pay him regardless. So again, I I want to reiterate this: the Raiders are only on the hook for Jimmy G's guarantees, full guarantees, is if he's on the roster past the third day of the new league year in twenty twenty four. It's eleven point two five million. They let him go before that, they can get out of that money.
2: Yeah, so they'll. So they'll basically release him after the season. That's, that's Yeah, okay.
1: you could see it happening. Unless yeah. the new head coach offensive coordinator is a Jimmy G guy, you know.
2: Who knows? Oh. Oof. I hope not. <laughs> but we'll see. Who knows? And that one, too. I'm tabling the discussion on coaches for the future because I think it's way too early. Uh, I know yeah. there's college. There's the Harbaugh and all that stuff. Look, um, I think you you, you want to be careful, too. The Rich Basaccia thing, I know it keeps coming back up. But interim coaches are there for a reason. I don't know the discussion with Antonio Pierce and Mark Davis. Did Mark Davis say, hey, you're auditioning. If you can turn this team in the right direction, will you get the job? I, I, it could happen. And I got nothing wrong with people auditioning because he's auditioning, Champ Kelly's auditioning, and Aiden O'Connell's auditioning. Those are the three biggest roles in the football side, the quarterback, the GM, and the coach. This is, that, those are the three most important positions.
1: And I posted that on X and people say, how is Champ Kelly auditioning? Because the trade deadline is already passed. And what can Champ Kelly possibly do to show that he deserves the job? And I I answered and I said, if the Raiders win games Mm -hmm. and the rookie class starts to produce Mm -hmm. and you say, Okay, we don't want to bring in a new general manager who's going to want his guys most likely, you know, because we all know what happens when new general managers come in. The previous rookie classes don't get as much playing time. And they want to draft their players and give their players that they drafted playing time. So, if let's say the rookie class, Michael Mayer, Trey Tucker, Aiden O'Connell, those guys look good. Champ Kelly was part of that brain trust who put together that draft that draft class. You know, Dave Ziegler is no longer there. Champ Kelly was a part of that. So, you would say, okay, Champ Kelly, Dave Ziegler had a pretty decent draft class after Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziggler were let go. Maybe we keep Champ Kelly. And keep that continuity because our rookie class is starting to show promising signs in the second half of the season. That's how Champ Kelly can keep his job. But again, part of it is out of his control because the Raiders have to win football games. Because if the Raiders don't win football games, it's all a moot point. They're going to clean house.
2: And their young players have to come. Like you said, you have to see Michael Mayer now. Hopefully you think yep. with a different quarterback, you might see that some more. You right. have to have Tyree Wilson come along very, very quickly now. We're at the midseason mm-hmm. mark. So so we got to start mm-hmm. looking at that critically um i'm not sure i think it's a big if but you're right it is that's that's the opportunity he has right Mm -hmm. and antonio pierce who doesn't have any coaching experience other than than a little bit of high school i i don't think i don't think Ah. he's a serious candidate i just don't i'm not saying he can't do a good job or maybe he shocks him maybe he's another story that's crazy i don't know i I, people were fired up because of the press conference today but let me tell you People can do good press conferences, and and he's a good man. I'm not saying he's not, and everybody's fired up, and that's what you want to hear after, after hearing a guy who's monotone and boring. But that does not translate on the field always.
1: I, I will say he he was a defensive coordinator at Arizona State. Yes, for a couple under years, he, he he did he was a defensive coordinator, so he does have a little. I mean, not a lot, not a long resume, but, but he so. does have he does have experience, I guess, in a play calling position. Now we all know Patrick Graham is still there, so we assume Patrick Graham is still handling the play calling. But I was on my Bleach Report live earlier, and there were some Raider fans that said they don't necessarily want a play caller; they just want a leader of men. After oh. watching Josh McDaniels, they're just longing for a leader. Just give just, me a leader. Lead us. Give us a pep talk. <laughs> right, and you know, and I think
2: pat us on the head and say we're doing a good job.
1: And for now, for now, Antonio Pierce, obviously, it looks. Like he fits that role where he, yeah. you know, he's going to command respect in the locker room. You know, he's not going to get up there and fumble his words, and and people are not going to give him the side eye, thinking, "Can we trust this guy?" It seems like Antonio. Not seems like I can look at Antonio Pierce. I don't know Antonio Pierce from a hole in the wall, right? From a can of beans, but I can tell you, I'd rather be in a foxhole with Antonio oh, Pierce, yeah. yeah, than Josh McDaniels. And it's not because of Antonio Pierce's physique. Yeah, just listen to the way he talks, and I'm not saying that's everything. But it's a breath of fresh air compared to what you had with Josh McDaniels.
2: And that's why this move, and again, we're going to get into the critical side of, of Mark Davis in a minute, but, but that's why this move by Mark Davis was a must happen. And it's interesting. We talk a lot on this show, Mr. Moten, about how when, when fans get upset about national media, and we talk about national media here all the time, when they cover the Raiders and how they cover the Raiders, because they're not covering them every day like we do. Okay, so the intricacies of how the Raiders are working, what's happening, is lost on them because they're they're on whatever story's hot that day. If it's the Jets and Zach Wilson, that's what they're talking about. So they don't even think about the Raiders. So then this pops up, and some of that conversation has been real interesting to me. Yeah, you know, w- w- it's surprising, and it must have been really bad. And uh, I'm like, wow, where have you been? Like, if you've not seen Josh McDaniels get up at a press conference where they can't score and talk about how well we did win one aspect of the game. And that was the kicking game. I mean, that's forever ingrained in my mind as one of the the most ridiculous (laughs) things I've ever heard. And so so but the national media misses that because they're not pouring over the transcripts like you and I sitting here at 1am trying to write a story about the Raiders, right? So so I get that I get that. But I, I do think that you see now all these players, it's amazing when when somebody gets let go like that. It's not that people are trying to kick people when they're down, because it's a small world in the NFL, especially if you're a player or a coach. But you have all these players now coming out and say, yeah, his personality, his personality, his personality. And that leads me to what I want to talk to after we take our final break, which is Mark Davis's role in this. And you talked a lot about it last week and we did on this show. And I want to delve into that because I wrote about it extensively today. Uh, so we're going to take that break. When we come back, we're going to roll on here with Silver and Black today, especially live on this Wednesday night, or if you're listening to us on Thursday morning for your usual uh, Partaking of silver and black today. Welcome to to you there, but we are here doing it now. So stay tuned where you are, uh, and we'll be right back after these words.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow.
2: All right, we're back for the final segment of this edition, the special edition, the uh, – I, I, I can't – the only you're fired I can think of is a Trump, and if I mention Trump's name, I'm going to get people saying, ah, you're a damn maggot. and then I'm going to have other people say, well, are you woke? Can't win. Anyway, you're fired. Um, so, yes, the you're fired episode of <laughs> Silver and Black today. It's been a long day. Uh, but Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, Nick Lombardi are gone. And the Raiders now will be under the guise uh, of a new leader. And that is, of course, Antonio Pierce. Uh, Mo Moten, he is senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report. I'm Scott Branson. I am an editor-writer at SportsNot.com. And we host this little show uh, for the last few several years, covering the Raiders and their bad coaches and their bad offense this year, especially. But we hope you are getting there. The chat's going crazy on Facebook, as you can imagine, Mo. Our man A.J. DeMello's in there. He was there this morning, too. So I, AJ, you must not. Have, no, it's early back where you are. So maybe your gig doesn't start till seven or eight. Um, but can you work it's, into your stand-up routine two things: uh, an impression <laughs> of Josh McDaniels, and then maybe uh, start to do a, a Mo Moten bit. Oh my gosh! A Midtown Mo. Yeah, be
1: kind of fun. Well, AJ, I'll let us know. In the, in Never had someone impersonate me. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, well, we are talking Raiders football, and we're going to jump into the man who has all the responsibility in this situation. The man who created the situation, but now has also started to solve it, and that is the owner, Mark Davis. You mentioned last week, Mo, about, look, you got to go right to the top. We've been pretty consistent on this show talking about that, right? And, and little did we know that if we would have maybe requested an interview with a player, we would have been told no because we're too negative. Oh, boy. So looking at Mark Davis, I wrote a piece up on Sports Not Today where I talked about there's only one way he can get the next decision right, and is that he does not make the decision. I <laughs> argued, and this – no, it, it sounds funny. and I'm not trying to insult him. I'm really not. And I'll use an analogy in a minute, which I've been using all day. What he needs to – look, Mark Davis is terrible at football decisions. He just he just is, Okay. He's terrible at football decisions, just as every time I try to fix a leaky pipe in my house, I don't know what it is plumbing. I can do electric. I can do wood. I can do drywall. I can do everything. Pipes, for some reason, they're pretty simple, but it just escapes me. I'm not good at it. So when a pipe breaks, if my wife can sometimes fix it because she's handy, if she can't fix it, I call somebody who knows what the hell they're doing, right? Because I know if I keep fiddling with that pipe, my whole house is going to be underwater. Okay, Mark Davis can't hire football people. So what he should do, and this was the the, the point of my article, he should hire a president of football operations and that person. And he says, here, here's the keys here. Football operations person, man, woman, whatever you are here. Go. And by the way, I'm going to be at the thing. Tell me when you need the checks. I want to check in with you. You know, four times a year, he said, what's going on. But you hire the GM, you hire the coach because whoever you are, you're experienced, you've built or been part of a, a high end winning program. And I, you have bona fides, you have people who've recommended you that I trust, big names, people that, you know, Mark Davis can get looped in with. And I step away. I don't make calls on John Gruden for 10 years for $100 million. I don't make calls on Josh McDaniels. Mark Davis needs to divorce himself. And Mo, he's already done it. He did it with the WNBA aces who've won two championships. So why can't he do it with the Raiders?
1: I know a lot of people will bring this up in the chat. And I know I'm sure, I don't see the chat, but I'm sure the, the name is in there. Tom Brady. Now that's their page. There are Patriot ties there, but does he lean on Tom Brady for advice? Now, Tom Brady doesn't have any experience building in a football organization or a roster, Tom Brady successful on the field, but no experience in building an NFL team. So I would kind of, I would still question that. I, I just want to see him bring in a, a, a football mind who's either up and coming or has some success already on resume and go that route. Because as you said, his, his hires, while people will say John Gruden improved the team minimally every year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he had his email scandal. I get that. But the contract, that, that contract that he signed them to, still questionable. And the last hire was just completely awful. Like if you look at the Patriot success rate for, for Patriot disciples under Bill Belichick, it was very low. Right. So here you are chasing chasing a dynasty that is past tense now and getting the underlings of that dynasty over to las vegas when you've watched other belichick disciples go elsewhere try to duplicate it and fail i don't know someone should have been in mark davis's ear to let him know hey did you look at matt patricia did you see bill o'brien oh he wants some division tiles but that went sour pretty quickly did you see brian flores before he you know with the dolphins yeah and i know a lot of people like brian flores but did Mixed well with Tua talking about at the quarterback position and it was a lot of friction between he and the Dolphins for an office.
2: Yes. And by the way, AJ had me laughing because AJ said Tom Brady could cut Mark's hair. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. And the picture just oh, came gosh. in my head and it just cracked up. By the way, Vic in Sacramento, Lewis Riddick. Why would you think that's a good I like Lewis Riddick a lot. He has player personnel experience, not enough in my view. And do you really want to go get another TV guy? And I think this is one of the points I want to make to you is I think Mark Davis and, and Murph brought it up on the postgame show. He said, Mark Davis, whether, what, whatever you think of him, fine. But he said, you know, Mark Davis has he's, he's a people person. He's, a, he's, he's got a good heart. He means well. But there's lots of people who mean well, who can't make decisions that move a business forward, or in this case, on the football side. And so to me... Yes. You can say, hey, Mark Davis can go hire the, the, the hottest young assistant GM, but didn't he just do that? And how did that work out? Right? So again, he probably looks at all the good in people and maybe doesn't see the bad side. And sometimes in business, you got to be a prick. You got to be the discerning guy. I mean, you look at Al Davis and you know the stories about Al Davis. He was unrelenting and, and he didn't care if you liked him. He just didn't care. He wanted to win. That was it. And so to me, Mo, I think he needs a buffer. If he doesn't have a buffer there, I don't trust any hire that he makes. Now, he may make one and it works out. I'm not saying it. But what in 12 years of running this team since his father died, and I know Al had a rough five years before that too, but in the last 12 years, outside of the move and those decisions, what decision has he made from a football perspective that's worked out? And again, I'm not trying to malign the man. I'm clearly calling out the facts, just like we did with Josh
1: McDaniels and just like we did with Dave Ziegler. Here's my question. Mark Davis hangs out with Raid alumni, right? Yes. He's hanging out with Charles Woodson, Tim Brown, right? He's he's hanging out with former Raiders all the time. I'm sure he has these guys in his ear, right? Mm-hmm. I'm wondering who does he lean on to make his decisions? I'm sure he's not making these decisions unilaterally where he's just – in his mansion and thinking, okay, these are my five head coaching candidates and gym candidates. I'm going to pick one of these five guys. I'm sure he has multiple people in his ear saying, hey, that guy may be good. This person may be good. Maybe you should call this person. I'm wondering who's around him because he's going to have to make a decision whether whether it's him directly or not. The Raiders are going to have to make a decision on, on their head coach and GM again in the offseason. And I'd want to know like who's, who's in his circle, who's in yes. his brain trust.
2: Because to me, I look at last time. And again, this is not in any way saying anything negative about somebody. I want to make that clear because I've met him and he's a great guy. And that was Marcel Reese. Marcel Reese was elevated inside the organization because he was so close to Mark. And then what happened? He left. I don't know. I forgot why he left, but he left. Didn't work out. That's fine. But if Marcel Reese was in his year, good guy, but not the guy who can make the call to build championship football. He doesn't have the experience. He didn't have the knowledge to do that. Now, if he's just advising them on other issues, fine. Everybody's got their role. Cool. I get it. You want to trust the people who work for you. But I will I will use the example of several other teams because in the NFL, most teams are family businesses. I know it sounds crazy because they're billionaires. Oh, you're laughing. What are you laughing at? Comments?
1: Yeah, this is just a comment that crossed my timeline. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. Scott, to take you off on a tangent, okay. but there's, there's great Parley, Parley Reyna, who's on on the X says, y'all better thank the petition signers. If you don't know, there was a petition going around to fire <laughs> Josh McDaniels. I don't know how many signatures it had, but basically there were a bunch of people that wanted to fire Josh McDaniels and she's like, you you better thank those petition signers because they got the job done. Again, I'm not laughing at someone losing their job, but it- it's just the commentary on this, like the side commentary on this, is, it's
2: hilarious. It is funny. But to your point about who he listens to, I think that, that is vital. And I think that perhaps what he needs to do, this is where you got to look in the mirror and you got to say, okay, I listen to these people. And even though I think they're smart and I trust them and I know they're loyal, it never works out. So you know what I got to do is I got to go find who is the best person. Even if I don't know that person, I got to go through my network. I got to call. I know it'll sound crazy and maybe he's not the right name, but it just popped in my, I got to go to Jerry Jones and say, Jerry, who can I talk to? Who, who would you tell me to talk to? I got to get this thing right. I need somebody who can come in and help me with football operations. Who should I talk to? Now, maybe he's not the best example, but you know what I'm saying. He needs to find somebody who can do that and is not bound by a personal, I wouldn't say loyalty, a personal relationship where they won't tell him the truth, and they need autonomy. They got to give somebody autonomy. Now, Mark Davis can always fire that person. He's going to report to him, but he needs or she needs the ability to make the moves without Mark saying, well, I like that guy. You know?
1: (coughs) I would talk to a former GM that's not looking for a job. Exactly. And, I, and I and I and I say not looking for a job because you don't want that former GM trying to get his way in the door and get himself a job. I would talk to a former GM who's not looking to get back in the NFL and kind of pick his brain. You know, what assistance did you have on your staff in your front office? Like who did you work with when you were in the NFL? There are plenty of GMs right now who aren't in who aren't I don't think they're looking for a job in the NFL. Who knows? Maybe I'm wrong about that, but uh, there are plenty of GM, former GMs out there who are in the media now, like you and I, of course, they have way more knowledge than we do, and that's what would helped Mark Davis in making his next decision. So I, I would just tap into the guys who who've had successful runs as, as executives in the league and and say, who did you work with? What do you think of these people? I have a list of guys that I'm thinking about contacting, and would you hire this person?
2: Yeah, yeah, and that and that's that's what they need to do, and I think they need the the reason too. That this decision by Mark Davis, and again, the decision, excuse me, the decision should be that he does not make the decision. He hires somebody who's in charge of it, right? Be, be a little more of a, it worked with your WNBA team, Mark. They went out and hired Becky Hammond. They hired a great front office there because he trusted the people to do it. He'd never run a basketball, he was never associated with a basketball team until he bought it in 2021, so he said Psh, I just want to sit courtside with Tom Brady, hang out with my blonde girlfriend and have a good time. And that's what he should do with the Raiders. That's what he does, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's his team, he can do whatever he wants, but I think I think to me this is where he can get it right. And that's what I called on him to do in my story because you just don't make good decisions there. You just don't. You just don't. So we'll have to see that. Now, we talk about moving forward with this team and 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 what they're going to do under Antonio Pierce. Clearly, the move at quarterback is a big one. We're seeing some progress on defense. But the one thing, and I know people out there want to remain, even in the midst of all this jazz, they want to remain optimistic. But you, if you talk to people in the NFL who know rosters, they will tell you the Raiders roster has nothing. <clears throat> Doesn't mean they can't be competitive. But if you're talking about building a long-term winner, you have Let's let's be serious here. You have 3-4 players. 3-4 players you could see helping you get to a Super Bowl if you had if they had the supporting cast. Because of the bad drafts, because of the bad moves in free agency, it's just not there. So the Raiders need to do that. This that's why this decision has so many tentacles, mo. Get the GM who's going to get you the coach, okay? That coach and the system he runs will dictate what kind of franchise quarterback you go draft, right? Or go sign whatever they decide to do. So this domino effect of the decisions coming in this offseason, really, it's going to be another 25 years of of misery, or they're going to start to get it right and build their way out of it.
1: This is going to come out sideways, but I'll say this, (laughs) and I want to clarify after I say it. I don't want him to hire another head coaching GM tandem who are Buddy, buddy, so to speak. Right. Because a lot of times, because too many times, what happens when you get two guys who are, or, or people who are buddy, buddy, one person dominates the friendship and makes the decisions, and the other person may be kind of laid back. If you get two people who respect each other, they can go back and forth in the draft room during free agency with decisions. It's not just on one person to make the decision because, oh, that's my buddy, I trust him, I'll let him do this and I'll do this. No, I want two people in the room. We're not necessarily going to fight and argue all the time. We're going to challenge each other legitimately with some of the roster moves that the Raiders make. Because sometimes you can save a person from making a bad decision just by pushing back on them. How many times have you you in your life, Scott, have you almost made a bad decision to someone say, hey, maybe you want to think about this? Because yeah. I know I'm not perfect. I've almost made some bad decisions. And I've had friends that say, hey, maybe you want to do it this way or try it this way. Not necessarily. We're not necessarily close, close, buddy, buddy friends. But there's a mutual respect I have for that person, their knowledge, and they have respect for my knowledge. But they're just letting me know, hey, I did it this way, and this side worked out for me. Or I could see it going wrong if you do it that way. Try it another way, or choose a different option. Is what I'm saying. Right.
2: Yeah. Exactly. And and so, you, you, but you look at that, and again, there's so many pieces here. The Raiders are at a critical juncture because you have to start thinking about the future and. I look at Devontae Adams, you know, and and everybody respects him. And and listen, he's making $25 million this year. So from that perspective, good for him, right? I don't feel bad for him that even though he's going through a terrible time, going to work every day and not being happy is never fun, no matter how much money you make or what you do. At the same time, I I don't see, I know it'll be sacrilege, Mo. I don't see why at this point where you're at, unless Aiden O'Connell the rest of the season shows that he is a bona fide starting quarterback in the NFL, like a guy that you're like, okay, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go with this guy and hopefully we found our franchise quarterback in the fourth round. Now, that could be a long shot, I don't know. But if not, why would you keep Devontae Adams? Is that is that is that going to help you, your team? Yes, he's got he's a leader, he's a great player. But if you're four or five years away, just saying, from being a serious competitor, why do that to him? Why do it to Raider fans?
1: I guess this is where we differ a little bit. So people okay. are in for a treat here. We're actually not disagree, but I, I get what you're saying. If you're if you're going to do a full rebuild where you think it's going to take four or five years, I'm sure Devontae Adams is not going to be happy with that. But I don't think the Raiders are necessarily four or five years away from contention. Even if they do tear it down a bit, how many times do we see teams in their first year or two of a rebuild, year and a half, they start to turn around and make the playoffs? I mean, yes. it, it, doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a four- to five-year rebuild, even if you tear it down.
2: Right, but I will use an example to, to prove your point, but also to debunk your point. Ready? And <laughs> that ahead. is the Philadelphia Eagles. Remember when Nick Seriani took over? But what did they already have in-house? A quarterback. quarterback. That's the only Now, if Aiden O'Connell pans out, then I would agree with you. I, I'm, that's, and that's what I'm saying. If Aiden O'Connell even – I'm not saying he's your 10-year franchise quarterback. If he is a very good quarterback – that can get you to a point where you 're a winning football team, then I hundred percent agree with you, Devontae Adams, stay on the Raiders, keep them, build what you got. But if not, I, then I think I, I just don't think you can progress that quickly
1: I, I'll say this, Scott. How mm-hmm. many games do you think the Texans will win this year?
2: They have three now, right
1: they are two I believe three and three and four right now they're three and four three so and four they're, right now. they're
2: the same as the chargers, yeah, so and the Raiders are three and five so. I think they can maybe, maybe win six.
1: Now, did you have them winning six before the season started? Are they no. exceeding your expectations right now? They are, because they so have a quarterback. If if you now, okay, so the Raiders, we don't know what their draft pick is going to be. True, I would assume it's going to be top twelve. We don't know what the rest of the season is going to, how the rest of the season is going to look for the Raiders, but let's say they get a top twelve pick, they get a quarterback who pops right away, kind of like CJ Stroud is popping this year. Mm-hmm. You f- and you find your quarterback. It's clear maybe he's not winning 11, 12 games no, his rookie year. No. That's, that but it's unreal. clear that he could be the franchise guy. I think yeah. that expedites the rebuild. And again, it won't take. I don't think it's going to take four to five years for the Texans to be a competitive team in the playoff picture with C.J. Stroud the way he's playing right now. So my point is, it all goes back to drafting, right? The Raiders have drafted poorly for who knows how long. If they finally have a strong draft class, as they did in 2014 when they found Derek Carr, who became their starting quarterback, right. why can't they contend within two years and make Devontae Adams happy? I think it's possible. And it's optimistic, but it's not out of the realm of possibility if they get a GM who knows what he's doing in the draft room.
2: I just don't see right.
1: two years. I don't see two years.
2: Even if Aidan O'Connell's a hit. So. So we could disagree on that. I know people are disagreeing with me in the chat, which is totally fine. And Rodney Jackson said, "Did I? Did you? Did you hear me say, Rodney, that we really don't have enough talent to be competitive?" Um, I did say that. I think the roster's thin. I, I and and NFL executives all over the league say it too. Uh, and and the Raiders where they're at is not a good place. Now I know got rid of the coach. They could turn things around, and I could be wrong. I'm happy to be wrong. I'm not saying I'm sitting here. On a, on a throne saying they suck and they're going to suck and you can't. I'm not saying that. Mo and I disagree on them competing that quickly because I just don't think they've stacked enough talent to make that jump quickly. But things can
1: change fast. So we'll see what they do. If they bring in the right people, who knows? One thing I'll say is this, right? And I think I said this in the offseason. I think last year the Raiders should have won 9-10 games, but they blew five double-digit leads in the second half. I think that team was a legitimate borderline playoff team. I think this year's team is a legitimate 6-11 and 11 team. And that's why I predicted them to go 6-11. Now, they're not stocked all across the roster, but the defense has shown improvements. You have Devontae Adams. I think Michael Mayer and Trey Tucker will come along now that Josh McDonough is out of the picture. We'll see what happens with the offensive line because it's had its ups and downs. We don't know what's going to happen with Josh Jacobs yet, but to me, once you get the quarterback, once you get the quarterback, if you hit on the quarterback... At that point, the sky is the limit. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight like that, but if you get a dynamic quarterback who can get you over the hump and get you to compete against some of these upper echelon teams – it makes it a lot easier to build the other parts of the roster because now your quarterback's on a rookie deal, you're not paying him much. Yep. Now you could spend big money on defensive tackle, have a help out Max Crosby. Now you could spend big money on a cornerback who can seal up your boundary. Now you could spend big money on a linebacker if you're thinking about moving on from moving on from Spillane or divine Diablo. The point is once you hit that quarterback, there's so many other things you can do to expedite the rebuilding process.
2: Yes. Um, and, and I think you know, I had some people pushing back on the Eagles because when Nick Sirianni got, there, oh, they had this, they had that didn't matter. His first year there, there went nine and eight. And then they had the big year went to the Super Bowl, So they made the jump yes, they, but they had talent on the roster. That's my point is that you can make a faster jump. You had the quarterback in waiting and you had the, you had the trenches. That's that, that's the other thing I want to tell you guys. And that's my big concern with the Raiders is and to your point you just said it you can go out and sign some of these guys and if you draft well you can accelerate but the raiders don't have the 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 the, the, the jimmies and the joes in the trenches right now they don't and that's where you win football games. that's why the eagles were able to make the jump too they had that and then they got the quarterback and they surrounded them and howie roseman is a super gm he just is he he, he knows what he's doing uh, and I, he pains me to admit that because I, I despise <laughs> philadelphia sports but, um, <laughs> but he's
1: good, man. He's good. It, it goes back to one thing we can both, both agree on, Scott. That you got to draft su- well. Cheesecake sucks? What? <laughs> I agree with that, too. <laughs> but it goes back to drafting. If you don't draft well, it's going to be a slow rebuild. If you draft well, if you hit on a a, specific, a draft class where five or six guys, even three, four guys, are rotational players or starters or contributors, then you're working with something. And I think when, right. when it comes down to Devontae Adams – And making him happy, I think he wants to at least see uh, significant progress, not just minimal or moderate progress. I think he wants to see okay, who's going to be our quarterback? Do we have a front office that I can trust to see eye to eye with? And is the defense continuing to get better so that the offense doesn't have to score 40 points a game because our defense is giving up, you know, 35, 37 points a game? So I think there are multiple factors there, but I I, you know, I get what you're saying. The Eagles. Dominant in the trenches, both sides of the defensive line, offensive line. That's what Howie Roseman does. He's always getting an offensive lineman, a pass rusher, a defensive tackle. Just look at the depth that the Eagles have there. But, like I said, the Raiders aren't going to be strapped for cash. Remember, they're not, as I said early in the show, they're not not on the hook for Jimmy Garoppolo if they let him go before the 30th of the league year. They're not going to be strapped for cash and money. They can do a little bit of spending. But as we can both agree on, has to be a good draft class in 2024.
2: Has to be. I mean, you, you have to make up. You have to make up um, uh, a lot of ground there, and and so I mean, look, I, I'm not saying it can't happen. I think you have oh, yeah. Max Crosby, who's a force of nature. So if I'm a defensive player, I want to play next to Max Crosby, right? So that's appealing to me. If I'm a free agent, if I can play on the other side of him, if Tyree Wilson doesn't become what they want him to be, or if he moves inside, whatever they do with him, so so to me that's a, that's that's important. On offense, you got to get them. Ex- you got to get other other players excited with what you do at quarterback, right? Cause that's what happened with Garoppolo. You have to do it. And, and Costas in the thing, the Raiders do not have the best wide receiver room in the NFL. I'm sorry. It's not true. Uh, <laughs> there's a little room in Cincinnati that would argue with you with that. But anyway, um, if you look at that situation though, here's the other question I'll ask you. Um, I I think how the Raiders go about this is really important back to the idea of having somebody in between Mark Davis and the hires is because how you're able to attract players. Raiders have everything you want. If you're if you're a player, they have the facilities now, right? Beautiful second to none. When it comes to workout facilities in Henderson to the stadium, being in Vegas, all that stuff is in your favor. But the one big thing that is not in, in your favor, even for coaches, coaching candidates, if a coaching candidate has an option to go to three different places um would you not be worried about <clears throat> excuse me, about the turnover and and what's happened with the franchise for the last fifteen years?
1: I would have concern, but I'll say this too. If I was doing as poorly as Josh McDaniels was doing, I would expect to be fired. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's, let's just be honest. If I if I'm that's a pretty poor easy, at my this job. This one's an easy one. You're right. This <laughs> one's an easy one. <laughs> if I'm poor at my job, I'm waking up every morning thinking they're gonna fire me. I mean, right? Yeah. That that's that's we should expect that. But if you're a head coach or gym and you're confident in your plan, you're not going into it thinking, oh, they're going to fire me after two years because you're thinking we're going to win football games, so they're not going to fire me. Right. And I think jo- I think Mark Davis, even though he's had this early firing with Josh McDaniels, he's shown patience. And yes. I think Vic Taffer kind of painted the picture that Despite Jimmy Garoppolo coming in with a bum foot and having to, you know, re- re-rig his, his contract, Mark Davis went along with it. He actually brought the Roger Saffold situation where Roger Saffold had an injury, and Mark Davis actually called off the press conference and sent everybody home. This time he went along with it, even though he probably had concerns and doubts in his head. He mm-hmm. trusted Dave Ziegler and, and Josh McDaniels that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be okay. He knows the system. He'll get our offense over the hump and we'll look a lot better. So I think Mark Davis, even though he's willing to fire people who underperform, which should be expected, he has shown some restraint and some patience. So if I'm a GM or head coach, I'm thinking if I do well, there's no reason Mark Davis is going to fire me. If if the locker room is following me and I'm a leader of the locker room, no reason Mark Davis is going to fire me because we're going to win football games.
2: And you still have the brand too. The brand, even though the Raiders have not been a winning franchise for a long time with the exception of a few years, the brand is so strong. I mean, there's just, you can't, you can't escape it. It means so much to so many, and it's still strong. I mean, you can talk to people who've never seen an American football game, and if they see the Raiders logo, they know what the Raiders are. They know who they are. So to be associated with that, and if I'm a young coach looking for an opportunity, where else can I, I mean, I can look at this and say, I can become that next great Raiders coach. I can be the guy who brought it back. And that's a big, that's a big deal.
1: Right, there's an allure to that. That mm-hmm. after the Raiders have only had a few playoff appearances in the past two plus decades, you can be the guy, you could be the person to come in and bring them back to that prominence level, the commitment to excellence that fans have been longing for. Imagine what your name, how much your name is going to blow up if you're able to do that. Now I know that's that's kind of a self-serving way to think about it, but let's be honest, we all have egos, right? Guys in big positions, executives, they have egos. They want some credit for stuff, right? To, to just have your name associated with the Raiders and being a perennial playoff contender again, you're set for a while. You're you're in that Raider inner circle like, oh, he, he brought the Raiders franchise back to what it should be. And I think there's yeah. a lot. There's an allure to that.
2: There sure is. By the way, OC Raiders 13. You ready for this one? Oh, I feel um, like LV Gully is the bad cop and Mo is the good cop.
1: Man, if you you know my history, I'm like, yeah. you haven't been watching Mo on X dot com all week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, and you, know you what? Know what?
1: <laughs> I, that's what's great. That's what I
2: like about our show. You know, and people in here calling me a Charger fan and all that stuff—it's hysterical. But you, you, you—you're in here, and and it's funny because you come one show, I'm the bad cop, and then you come the next show. Whoa, why are you so negative? <laughs> We're balanced. That's what it's all about, folks. No. It's a- no unicorns and rainbows up your ass here, folks. We don't do it here. We just don't yeah, do we it. Don't
1: do not We don't do that here. And I, I just, quick comment about that. Like, there are people who didn't like my commentary, Josh Daniels. When basically, I basically I was basically calling for him to be fired for the past you two and a half weeks. for the week. last week. And people are saying, "Mo, I, you know you're, you know you're too negative on Josh McDaniels." I understand he's not doing a good job, but we're trying to hope it turns around. I'm like, no, it's not going to turn around. <laughs> we've seen we, we've seen enough. Wave the white flag. It's it, cash money done. It's not turning around with Josh McDaniels there. But I, I say I bring that up because what you see here is our is our natural reaction to stuff. We don't get on these shows, and I know a lot of other shows do this on TV, not the small yeah. outlets, but some of the major outlets, hey, I'm going to take this position and you're going to take that position. And we're going to force this de- debate conversation. We don't we do not do that. Scott gives me a rundown of what he wants to talk about. I'll add in my suggestions here and there. We'll figure it out. And if we get on the show, we give our natural reactions. It's not preplanned. It's not a, I understand what the person was saying, uh, good cop, bad cop. But I, I think a lot of it is, is believe it or not, Scott and I agree on a lot. But of course like any two friends any uh, two people everything. we don't agree on everything and that comes out naturally on air.
2: It comes out on air comes out with ketchup on hot dogs. I mean all that kind of stuff. There so, you go. Yeah. But it, and that's the thing it's it's interesting when you when you talk about a subject because what I find is it's a very <clears throat> modern and recent development. Now people always like to think that their opinion is the best one. That's that throughout humanity it's been that way. Yeah. But most recently with the advent of social media is that if, if you don't agree with me, not only does it bug me because I think I'm right, but you're also an awful person and you should die or whatever their, their bent is right. You you see it all the time. Yeah, You see those kind of things. But, but again, we're always going to have discussions here and and I'm wrong all the time. And I admit when I'm wrong, I got no problem with it at the same time. I'm going to give you my opinion, and you can like it or not like it. I don't. I don't care either way. But we try to entertain you as well. We don't try to sit here and and just tell you where you're going to hear other places. And I think Mo, I will take a victory lap and go back to last season when the issues by which Josh McDaniels was fired. We have been consistently talking about these issues. We didn't gloss over them when they were winning and say, oh, 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 oh. No, we talked about it even in wins. We not, not that we're being negative, but we present a balanced approach here. It's like, Hey, yeah, they're doing well here, but still they're struggling here.
1: We've always been that way. The other thing I want to point out is we've always been consistent with the condition of which Joshua deals could be fired. What have we said that it's not just a bad record. If he loses the locker room, he's going to lose his job. And if you read, if you, if you read Albert Perez report, Mark Davis caught wind of that team meeting that happened last week before the before the previous game after the Bears lost. Yeah. Mark Davis caught wind of the grievances that were aired during that meeting, and he listened to what the players had to say. He basically chose the players over his head coach and general manager. So we've been consistent with that, that if he loses the, the, the main guys in that locker room, the leaders in that locker room, it seems like he did, then he's going to be fired. And that's exactly what happened.
2: Right. And remember, Mark Davis, growing up as the son of Al Davis, hung around. His best friend was Cliff Branch, a player, right, from the time he was a young yep. man. So Mark, and that's why he, he is so involved with the alumni and why he does so much for former players. That's important to him. And I think, too, that that sometimes can cloud judgment, right, because you care, But his role in doing that is vital to this organization and keeping its history alive and keeping its players in, in, in kind of the family. So focus on that and then go find somebody to get the football. That's all I'm going to say about it. I think we'll talk about it more over time, but we are out of time. We went a little bit long tonight, but it deserved. It's a big night and yep. Mo and I got to get back to writing. So we are going to check out Mo. Uh, I know you did a bleacher report live earlier today. Somebody was asking about your, your bleacher report podcast. and I said, well, it's the live show on the app. Um, so check it out. But uh, what else you got going this week? I know you have a, a sports, not piece tomorrow, right on the Raiders. I'm gonna
1: have a sports knot piece running on on sports knot tomorrow, just looking at what can the Raiders do going forward. So, what does the second half of the Raiders 2023 season look like? Because I know a lot of people have questions about Aiden O'Connell. Does Antonio Pierce get a legitimate shot to be the full-time head coach? Who, you know, who are some gym candidates the Raiders may look at? So I'm gonna take a look at all of those aspects and take a look at people who have an opportunity to solidify their future with the silver and black going forward, not just Oh Well, beyond this season. So that'll be up on sports, not on Thursday. I'm not going to have another Bleach Report live until after the Giants game. So right after the Giants game, a minute after I'm going live to break it down. Of course, as we know, as you said earlier, Aiden O'Connell gets another start. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of discussion about that, how good or how bad he looks. Also, I'm also going to be looking at other parts of the offense. Will we see further regression from the offensive line or will we see it perk back up again? Is Devontae Adams going to get the targets and the numbers that he should be getting? Is Hunter Renfro now going to work his way back into the rotation after the Raiders stood pat and didn't move him at the trade deadline? So there are a lot of things to look at with the offense and changes with Bo Hardegui taking over the offensive coordinator position. I'll be able to break that down on Bleach Report Live as soon as the game is over.
2: There you go. See, just all that goodness for everyone out there watching us tonight. We will also have our post-game show uh, with, with Murph and myself. Murph will be in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium, so we'll be able to get a live report from there. Those are always fun because there's lots of drunk people running in the background. It, it's always a good time. Uh, we will also have uh, a mailbag edition later in the week. We've got a bunch of voicemails today, 702-900-7689, 702-900-7689 nine no seven eight six nine i'm giving the number seven eight six nine nine hundred seven eight six nine area code seven zero two we will put it in the description of the video so if you forget it you can come back to the video in a little bit and it'll be there but leave your voicemail we got a bunch of new voicemails and uh we're excited to hear those and to go through those all right my friend i will see you next time sounds good get some sleep man <laughs> i need it all right for our producer uh mike Robier and for mo moton i am scott and this has been silver and black today member do us a favor make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio and if you're on youtube thank you for the chat great stuff make sure you subscribe and hit the notifications bell there until next time raider nation enjoy your week and we'll see you sunday night